This is The Infiltrator's Scary Stories. Tonight, scary night shift security guard stories. If you like what you hear, make sure that you are subscribed and have notifications turned on on your favorite podcasting app. Also, find us on YouTube, search us The Infiltrators. And subscribe make sure you hit that bell icon so you'll get notifications every time that we upload a new video and tonight scary stories from night shift security guards on the infiltrators scary stories Tonight's episode of The Infiltrator's Scary Stories is sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is the best way to make a podcast. Everybody has something to say. Here's the best part about Anchor. It's free. Also, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you for free so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and many more. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. I use Anchor and it is the best podcasting platform I have been a part of. And the best part, it's free. You can also make money off of it. That's what's awesome about it. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. We all have something that we are uh, very deeply uh, concerned about or something that we have the need to feel that we have to put out into the world. And this is the best way to make your own podcast. If you think podcasting is not possible for you to do or it's difficult to do, then use Anchor. I've made other podcasts before and it was a lot more time to make a podcast. With Anchor, you can make a whole podcast in less than an hour. Anchor is the best way to make a podcast. So once again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. I work third shift security for a brewery. My first week working here, something just felt off. I dismissed it as being a new work environment, plus me being alone at night. There are two main buildings, the brewery and the bar, about 200 feet away on the same property. The third shift guards hang out in the bar at night since it has a good overlook of the facility. The lights automatically turn on and off and come on with motion. I was coming back from a patrol around the facility. The lights in the main room and the back room were off, but the door to the back room was open. I walked into the bar like normal, and the lights came on after I took a few steps inside. Then I froze. In that doorway, there was a thing. Humanoid, but not quite. Its arms were way too long, and its hair covered most of its upper body. 
the doorway was almost too small for it to get through. But after a few seconds, I blinked, and it was gone. Apparently, I'm not the only one who's seen it. After asking around a bit, a few of the day shift guys have seen him too, and they know what I'm talking about. But most refuse to talk about him. Over the next few weeks, I had more run-ins with him, but only in the bar. I thought he couldn't leave it. One of the main public areas in the brewery has a set of two doors, the outside and the inside doors, kind of like an airlock. When you scan your access card after hours, the doors automatically open, then close after about 30 seconds. The outside door has a tendency to get stuck, though. So, I stood in the airlock space, looking outside, waiting for the door to close. The inside door closed first behind me, then the outside door. As it did, I see a thing in the reflection of the window, staring right behind me towering over me, staring down, long arms hanging at his side. I no longer stand in that place when I wait for the doors to close. I go inside, turn the lights on, then turn around and wait for the door to close. Number two. I used to work security for a ski resort. I was swing shift, 4 p.m. to midnight. After every shift, I had about 20 minutes. I could walk down a dark mountain road, as per my job, through the woods to reach my bus stop. Also, there were no streetlights. After a week or so, I started getting stalked by a pack of coyotes. One coyote isn't terribly impressive, like an ugly, medium-sized dog. Two coyotes aren't super intimidating either, but three or more is a different story. Once it's a proper pack, they get bold. The first couple of nights, it was just one or two. I could see their eyes shine about 40 or 50 yards in the woods. They checked me out, then run off. After a week or two, more started showing up, four or five at a time. Once, I even counted eight. The thing is, once they were there three or so months, they didn't run off. They'd follow me from the tree line every once in a while, crossing the street in front or behind me. I also stopped keeping their distance. They'd come as close to 20 feet or less. Seeing eight pairs of glowing eyes is creepy, but the noises they make, holy fuck. I carried bear mace with me, and I was ready during my walks to the bus stop for the whole season. Number three. I was the last overnight shift watch on a naval air station in a building that did advanced machine on planes, but was not a hangar. Around 2 a.m. on my rounds, I hear people talking from the mechanic shop. 
no big deal as sometimes those guys pull all-nighters or are asked to come in early. I go down there because I'm bored, but all the lights are off and it's empty. Weird. I tell the senior watch on duty in the front of the building, and he says no one has signed in and it's just showing the two of us. About an hour later, I hear it again while walking around, and I investigate. Lights out. No one is there. Getting weirder. The third time it happens, it's about 4 a.m., and the senior watch and I are sitting up front watching TV and both clearly hear tools being thrown around the mechanic shop, clanging on the floor, and hollow banging against the engine that was in there. He tells me to go see what's going on, and I tell him no way. My discharge is about a month, and he could go look himself. He shrugs it off and goes back to watching TV. I check with the mechanic guys the next day, and they say their tools had not been moved, and no one had been in overnight. Number four. During my time as a sheriff's deputy, I worked as a night guard for a local branch of massive investment firms for extra cash. The 4 p.m. to 12 a.m. shift on weekends. There were only two guards on shift at any time. The facility was three buildings across a four-acre property, gated, and on the tail end of an industrial park, on the border of a really, really rough neighborhood. One night. I was on guard during December, and a lot of the desks were covered in Christmas decorations and wrapping paper. The other guard was a fellow soldier with me in the National Guard. So we knew we were trained and had each other's backs. Suddenly, my radio lit up, and my buddy tells me the cameras in one of the cubicle areas was feeding black. And he thinks the lights went out. And my job was to walk over there and reset the breaker and get the lights back on. I turned around and began to walk down the hallway. It was absolutely pitch black. No service lights. No door lights. No faint glow of computers left on. Nothing. The air felt cold and my flashlight felt darker than normal. Something wasn't right. My heart began to beat as fast as it could. I remembered the break room was all the way in the back, near the server, and I had to walk down nearly 40 rows of cubicles to get there. I kept hearing this odd clicking sound as I began to slowly walk through the cubicle row. Suddenly, saw a silhouette crouch down between two cubicles in the back. I pinged the radio twice to signal to my buddy to get 911 on standby. I began to slowly walk toward him, issuing verbal commands. Stand up, face me, now. I yelled at the silhouette, wondering why it wasn't moving as my flashlight hit it. It was a clown statue 
holding a Charlie Brown Christmas tree. I laughed. My hands were shaking. I was sweating. I genuinely was happy that I didn't have to use force or possibly take a life that night. I felt so relieved. I walked up to it, planning to move it back inside of a cubicle to get it out of our way. Suddenly, it up and laughed loudly and sharply. I took off running. The thing absolutely caught me off guard and scared the living crap out of me. Nothing scared me as much as that clown laughing at me. Eyes and nose glowing red. I ran all the way back to the front desk and made my buddy get the lights on in there. I'm not even scared of clowns normally, but that one in particular would continue to creep me out for the rest of the time I worked there. Number five. I worked third shift a long term at a care place for retired nuns and priests in Ohio. I could tell you some stories about how the clergy act when they start to slip at an old age, but overall, it was a good place, and it was a good job with good people in it. I would only have to sit at a desk light on in between rounds, and would often spend my nights reading. One night, after my second set of rounds, I looked up to see one of the sisters who rarely ever got out of her bed, let alone speak. She had severe dementia, standing in her nightgown directly in front of her door, pointing out the window in the common room. She started screaming, Omega, Omega. I was 24 at the time and straight up almost lost it. There really is no way to describe the sound, but it was some serious levels of kind of next to Silent Hill. Like, never sleep again type stuff. One of the nurses came over and helped her back into bed. And when she came back out, she must have seen my face. She politely told me Omega was her sister's name. And it was a... A solid two hours later when I finally got calmed down enough to ask myself who names their kid Omega number six back in the 80s I worked security to pay for college I got put at a closed hospital it was about 20 floors and they wanted you to walk each floor at the time, at the start, and at the middle of the shift, which took about 2.5 hours. It was like the set for one of those old horror movies. Most of the time, lights didn't work, and there were ceiling tiles hanging down all over the place. It was still full of unwanted equipment, and since it was winter, and the steam he was on, there were noises on each floor. 
one night. I was on the 15th floor and heard a loud crash down one of the side corridors that freaked me out. Turned out a pipe in the ceiling was leaking and 10 ceiling tiles all let go at the same time. Probably the creepiest was walking through the 18th floor because it had those all tiled operation rooms that had observation windows around the top and all the operating tables and other equipment was still there. I only went to the 20th floor one time. I don't know if they did cancer treatments there or what, but when I walked through there, there were boxes with radiation symbols. So I just decided the 19th floor was good enough. Number seven, I work nights at a hotel, so I've seen some strange stuff. Once I had a guy come in and just stare at me, like no blinking, hands resting shoulder width apart. He was very broad shouldered and he said nothing, just stared. I asked if I could help him like three times, but every time, nothing. Eventually, his friend came in, grabbed him by the shoulder, and ushered him out of the door and apologized to me. I had to get on the closed-circuit television afterward to make sure I wasn't suffering sleep deprivation. Either the guy was tripping or just a weird guy. Either way, I'll never know. Number 8. I used to work as a security officer. For a while, I was posted at a summer camp. This camp was set way back in the woods. So between that and the huge amount of food and garbage the campers left scattered all over the place, we occasionally had problems with bears. One night, I was doing my patrols around 2 a.m. or so, and I noticed one of the doors to the kitchen was open. This was one of those big industrial-sized kitchens, so I figured somebody snuck in to get a snack. I figured I'd catch them in the act for a bit of fun. I rushed through the door quickly and turned my very bright flashlight on, but I didn't see a camper or a counselor. No. I saw a huge black bear trying to break into one of the coolers where they kept the fruit. This bear was probably a good four or five hundred pounds, and he did not appreciate my interrupting his snack time. I immediately lured my flashlight and slowly backed away, trying to give him space, but he started to follow me out the door. I'd gotten probably fifty feet away from the kitchen when he came out the door. But instead of running away, he just turned and sort of eyed me up. I was trying to keep backing away slowly when he began displaying signs of aggression, swaying his head and snorting and laying back his ears and such. I took an aggressive posture, made myself as big as I could. I started yelling and clapping and stomping at him. Usually at this point, they'll run off. They typically only act aggressively when they're scared, but they normally back away 
if you confront them. Not this dude. He bluffed, charged at me, and continued to act aggressively. So I shined my flashlight directly in his face and tried to make as much noise as I possibly could. He finally retreated a bit, but then he turned back around and kept watching from a distance. No matter what I tried, I couldn't get him to flee the area. I was afraid some kid might come out of their bunk and end up getting mauled. So eventually, I had to put out an emergency call. The camp director and the rest of the staff were woken up and they came down in their jeeps. Believe it or not, even driving toward this bear in a jeep with super bright banjo lights and the horn blaring didn't really phase him. He would waddle away for a few yards and then turn back and watch us again. We ultimately had to call a game warden and keep all the kids and counselors inside their bunks until the warden could come and trap the bear to move him to a different area. Number nine. In the winter, we get homeless people sleeping in our stairwells, so I have to kick them out. One time, I went down and something leaped at me. I went, phew, just a cat. Then I remembered the horror movie trope and realized the real scare is coming up next. So I skipped checking the stairwells that night. Number 10. I was working a double shift, and my work allowed us to have a personal computer at certain sites during the night hours since, ultimately, they just didn't want you sleeping on the job. The only real stipulation was that you couldn't have headphones in so you could maintain your situational awareness. At the time, I was writing daily research reports on security issues for another internship I had. It involved a lot of news research. I would still have to get up regularly and do routine patrols, which always would get you a little paranoid during a night shift. Anyway, one night I'm back from patrol and I suddenly hear randomly some guy speaking in Arabic. I freaked out at first because this post had a radio, so I thought maybe someone had hacked into our comms. Turns out it was just a video on autoplay on background news tab that must have taken a while to load, so I never noticed it. I know it's not the scariest stuff for other people, but there's nothing quite freaky as a shift as sound when there should be silence. Number 11. I was working night shift on a university campus. It was my first time working the Christmas break. Generally, most students go home unless they have permission to stay. I was performing lockup that night, and after I finished my buildings, they wanted me to patrol the upper floors of the dorms to look for signs of water leaks in the hallways. 
the dorms are supposed to be mostly empty. So I'm not expecting to see anyone. I get to the first dorm and ride the elevator to the top floor. The elevators open up and it opens into a common area. Little do I know, on the other side of the elevator are mirrors on the wall. I step off the elevator, either looking straight ahead or at my phone. I notice something moving out of the corner of my eye. So I turn my head and look. I yell out, Jesus Christ. It took me a second to register that it was me in the mirror. Number 12. I was a security guard at a college that had this huge old mansion on, on campus. Those became halls for classes. They were locked up at night and just flat out gorgeous. The lawn around it was massive. Then hit a dense wood line. I mean, a big X-Files fan. So, I thought the worst when I saw a pair of eyes glowing in the woods. I then hit the brights on my truck and there were 20 or more pairs of eyes staring back at me. I flipped out and stupidly started heading toward them with my flashlight. When I was about 50 yards away, I realized they were just deer, not monsters. Number 13. I'm a night security uh, in December at a British woodland. They were doing work on the paths and walkways and I was guarding the equipment. One night, I heard a blood-curdling scream. It didn't echo, but sort of filter out around the trees. Then I heard it again. It was a woman screaming, but at the same time, maybe it wasn't. Whatever it was, it pierced the silent darkness like so many well-aimed arrows. I had no flashlight. We didn't have 300 lumens of LEDs in our pockets in 1999. I had to find out what this was. And to me, the keys was lighting up in the forest. I got 15 five watt halogen bulbs designed the circuit to run them and used for D size batteries to power them. It lasts maybe 10 minutes but not enough to see what was making that noise. I'd get maybe 1000 lumens out of it. For comparison the headlight in my current MTB is 3,000 lumens and uses four 18560 lithium-ion cells to last around four hours. In 1998, I used a CB radio. I got talking to a friend who was a groundskeeper at a nearby stately home. I mentioned this 
god of a flashlight and I was building and why he laughed at me sounds like a vexing in heat they sound like that they're not dangerous the girl will be even more skittish than usual when they're in heat all you're do going to do is terrify them and you won't see them in the undergrowth anyway This has been Season 1, Episode 5 of the Infiltrator's Scary Stories Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure that you go to YouTube, search us, The Infiltrators, and subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell icon so you can get notifications every time that we post a new video. Make sure to like our videos, comment on them, and um go to our website theinfiltrators.godaddysites.com that is our website for now uh, a domain will be coming soon go to our website there you can click on contact and you can submit your scary stories um, you can also um, view our urban exploration videos there you can view our tr true crime um, videos over there also you can listen to the video podcast version of this show i'm zach Halcox, and this has been season one episode five of the infiltrator scary stories podcast <laughs>